Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. Welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. And today is October the 12th, 2020. And my guest is Lucienne Coop. And we we have met not, not too long ago, so it's a fairly uh, new relationship for me. But I have just been thoroughly delighted by the the feeling that I get of having met a soul sister who, like me, like you, has done a lot of internal work to help her align with the truth of who she is as she has undergone, is undergoing, like me, a process of shedding what is not authentic, what does not belong, what is time for us to release. So Lucienne, Thank you so much for joining me here today. This is, uh, it's, it's a pleasure, a pleasure to have you here. Likewise, thank you for inviting me. I'm so looking forward to our, whatever comes up between the two of us. <laughs> exactly, whatever does come up. So let me start with where I start with everybody. And it's, it's just a simple question that helps us um, kind of understand at what stage of your life did you begin to see that there was more to life than what you have been taught is all that there is? Well, I had to be shocked into it, honestly. I was really kind of like being highly sensitive as a child, but being very pushed into the achiever world. So striving the career, the perfect family, everything. We all wanted or thought we wanted until i hit a wall and i had i had nothing to complain honestly i had a beautiful life i had my own company i had three beautiful kids and a lovely husband and everything was actually perfect but something felt so off for me and i invited someone to clear my house because i could not work in certain spaces where i actually wanted to work which was my working space and my son didn't sleep well in his bedroom Anyway, to make a long story short, besides the house clearing, he also gave me a personal clearing. And the first session was already heart blowing, I would say, because I honestly wasn't even aware I was there was a heart in me. And it's really weird looking back at that because I cannot even feel how it was before those times. So that was back in 2012. This all happened. And I was about the age of, uh, what was it, 44 by then? And then a second session a couple of weeks late because I knew there was more to open up. And that was just like what they call a full awakening. I just woke up out of that session and life literally was completely different from all perspectives. My senses were heightened. Um, everything was super intense. Love was just evident. I mean, it was not even a question. It was just so different from the romantic love I knew or the love for your children you knew. It's just like this literally being aligned with this frequency and with this field. And, oh, unfortunately, it doesn't stay that way <laughs> completely. So I kind of went through a phase of six years as just exploring everything I could find to know what actually happened to me, how life works. I went very technical. I left, really like to know how quantum physics works and how the physical body work, cell biology, I just explored everything. I just really want to answer my questions answered. And yeah, and then I shifted also and changed my career, so to say. And I thought like, wow, this is, this is what we all want, right? And how can we get that? And then the big question started like, what does it that awake a person and raises in 
his or her awareness and discovers the same things that we do. Well, so many similarities because my awakening began at 41 when my mother died. So that, that shocked me into beginning to question some things because what got activated for me was the fear of death. That's when all of my Catholic training came up about hell and, and a punishing God and fear of God. That sent me on the journey of questioning everything. And like you, my life seemed perfect. I had a great marriage. I had wonderful children, great career. Everything was so perfect. So I thought. And then the, the awakening, the connection with God, the opening up and discovering what love really is absolutely blew my mind, which is what I now realize is what has to happen. We have to blow our mind wide open. Exactly. And so there was life before awakening and then life after the awakening began for me. But you said you, you had a clearing. Share a little bit of what is it, um, what does a clearing mean so that people who are watching this and have never heard mm. of that can get a sense for what a clearing is? Because I too had to go through several clearings, but I, I'd like for you to share your perspective of what that is all about. Um, the way I experienced it and how it also was explained and I later um, learned myself is it was really, if we look at the body, the physical bodies, and we go through life and we experience emotions and uh, and we store these memories in our system. We literally have pieces of elements in our system or where the energy doesn't flow, when it literally just doesn't flow. So it's blocked there. And with the clearing, um, the person who clears it um, just literally opens the field of a higher frequency. And in that moment, the blocked, which is a low frequent, frequency energy vibrating at a very low pace, can literally release into a higher frequency. So when I went through those clearings in the beginning, it really felt like going up and down through these waves, like really deep down in very low vibes, like everything was very dark, like the bottom of the sea, and going up again in a higher frequency and just a full light and, uh, and sunshine and air and everything was just open. I literally experienced it during the clearing and, and later on, I just literally uh, view life like that way. It's just all frequencies. I mean, we all have beautiful stories and we all have great lives, but ultimately it's just a frequency. So it's an, it's an energy change, an energy shift. And it literally lightens your body as well as I literally, I, I lost, I think, seven or eight kilos in two weeks after that clearing. I, I shape-shifted in my body as well. But that doesn't happen to everybody. But for me, it worked that way. Well, I love the way that you were explaining it. The analogy that I like to use is that energy is like water. It should be flowing like water in a river. It should be flowing and it flows downstream. It flows in a specific direction as its natural course. And with my, my studies of A Course in Miracles, I, I have come to understand that we are bringers of love and light. That energy, like water, flows out. It flows toward um, everything. It just it moves outwardly. So the what we call emotions is really that energy not being put into motion, like you said, experiences that we had as children. And in essence, what we did is we build a dam. We build a dam on this, you know, this river of 
flowing energy, love, light that we had as children. I mean, little kids ooze love and light, joy. And we damn ourselves up when we begin to believe things that are not true. When we begin to believe things like it's not okay to cry or, or my feelings don't matter or somebody doesn't love me. It's not okay to be me. We damn up the movement of that energy. And for me, the clearings were this were to begin to little by little chip away at that dam. There were some experiences mm -hmm. with the healers and the, the coaches that I worked with that, like you said, because they understood they have done enough work in their lives to let their energy flow. They were just more advanced than I was in the understanding of, of how to go through that process. And they hold that higher vibration that allowed me to receive the the transmission of of um, awareness of information that allowed me to ease into the allowing of my solid damned up um, idea of who I am to begin to break away. But when you were going through that, what were some of the teachings or teachers that that uh, really helped you? Um. I think after being having read a lot of books, because <laughs> I was really like focusing on like, I just want to understand it. I bumped into Bentinho Massaro and he's a spiritual teacher, young one, very young. I'm familiar, um, I'm familiar with him. Yeah, and his work really helped me to get the broadest understanding of how it works, really. And But then after Bentinho, I would almost say after, I mean, I always think that you kind of like move and shift through teachers. Um, I felt like something was missing for me. Not that, that he might not teach that, but I didn't pick it up in his teaching. And I really felt like the embodiment part was, was missing for me. Being Having 44 year, years of my life being so strongly focused on my mind, I really need to make that shift to my body more profoundly. And then I... I just, I just did more body work. I don't really follow one or teachers. I did a lot of yoga. I, I really went deep into my body myself to literally explore it, learn it, feel into the heart. How does it work to open it? What does happen with all these little, little refinements? You know, when you, when someone talks to you and you suddenly feel like, oh my God, this makes me uncomfortable. Well, what is it? And where does it happen? And can I release that in the moment? Or I was just becoming completely observant of my body and that, made the biggest shift actually that kind of made it easier and irreversible i would almost say and not before that time i was going up and down through the motions way too much so after yeah. this full embodiment it was way easier and felt way grounded more grounded than it did before but still yeah. it still needs attention though <laughs> absolutely i have found um that we do have to do my need to be done. And we are all called, you know, led to the, the right and perfect uh, teacher, teaching practitioner that there is this, I have come to understand the loving benevolence of this universe that is guiding each and every one of us to exactly where we need to go at the right time to do the work that is necessary to free us, to undam 
um, our, our, the flow of, of this love, this, this compassion, this kindness, this energy that wants to flow through us. But yeah, we have to look at all of the ways that we blocked it. And all of the ways that we blocked it is painful. It was all fear-based, all, all traumatic. And we've, we've got to do that. So you then became a, a teacher, a coach for others, as, as I did. You know, it seems like you begin to have these experiences. You almost um, can't help but want to share it. Now, not everybody turns into a coach or a teacher, but every person that I've met that goes through this process at least shares it with the ones that they love close to their family because you can't help but express all of this love. You express all of this joy. You become lighter. That's why they call it enlightenment. You become lighter and you're more joyous to be around. So all of us do in, in a way teach by how we show up. Um, tell me when you then moved, you shifted your business because you were, uh, was it an interior, an interior design? Yeah. And when you shifted into coaching, how, what was your practice about or who were you helping? Take us from that moment until, you know, now where I know things are shifting for you a little bit. Yeah, at first I, I was actually very struggling with the role of a coach. I was really like, um, who am I to teach anything? I mean, I'm still <laughs> learning. I'm still exploring. I'm, I'm. I had this obviously this perfectionism within me, like I have to be like on a very high level for myself before I can teach anyone or help anyone else. So I was really struggling with that role. And I, I was also very aligned to moving towards more to the future with and very inspired by people who were designing new systems. And, and I had a background in business consultancy. So I was also very drawn to transforming businesses. So at first I was really, really looking for a long time for my for my role. And on the side, you do get your coaching clients and people come to you and you, you have your clients, but I was still like feeling like mm, something is off. I mean, I, I hopefully helped them a lot. And I think I did, uh, but still I, I didn't feel really like it was my role there at that time um, in the right space. So I was still looking like, where is this this quality I can bring uh, and reach more people. And always the question was like, how can I make it so simple that I can reach so many people so easily? Because it is so simple actually. So we don't have to go through endless hours of coaching, apologies to all coaches out there, and, and just like make ourselves obsolete because and, and make it very simple and very practical and so everyone can actually teach them themselves because what that's what it all is about. So um, I'm 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 a coach and I'm and I'm not a coach. Uh, so it's 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 a little bit on both sides. Uh, I would more prefer to say like I'm into teachings than in the classical way of coaching. So it's more mentoring coach mentoring teachings than in the classical way of how most people see coaching. I, I can so relate because when I first started sharing the transformation that I was going through with friends, just, just people that I either worked with, I was a realtor before I shifted into being a, a, a spiritual coach, an awareness coach. And I was sharing this information with others and I, I could see that it was changing their perspectives and they were beginning to do things in their lives that was making them feel happier. 
so I knew there's something to this. I, I am going to be shifting um, at some point into being an awareness coach. But then, like you, I thought, well, who am I to be teaching? I, I'm still learning. I, I am still trying to embody this and practice this. And I received guidance when, when I opened myself up to, to this journey. One of the things that began to happen to me is I began to hear communication, uh, just tapping into the higher mind consciousness for me in many ways. What came often was the presence of the man that we know as Jesus. So that consciousness was guiding me and, and is what told me, you're going to coach. It gave me a workshop to teach called The Power of Awareness. And it told me, you will be called an awareness coach. And you're going to help people become aware of the ego mind, the distinction between the ego mind and their soul's truth. And then eventually it led me to studying A Course in Miracles that basically talks about that. And, and it was really fascinating because listening to that guidance helped me begin to trust a higher mind because I was doubting my own personal mind. I was doubting what the hell does Lina know? And so anyways, I had to make that shift where I began to, to accept that each and every one has access to a higher mind. So all that I help people uh, through my work now is, is to open up that door in our, in our consciousness. There is a door that allows us to go beyond our limited perception of self and beyond that door is all of the knowledge of, of everything where we all meet in oneness because we all tap into the same, we're, we're all, when we leave our mind, we enter into the same higher <laughs> mind, you know, <laughs> there, there's not something else there. So how, how did your life change when you accepted your connection through those clearings to, um, to, to another way of being. Actually, let me ask you to, to share in two parts. What was that that you aligned with, connected with? What, what do you call that? What, what is your experience of that? And then how did aligning with that change your life? Mm, that's a beautiful question. How did that change my life? Um, well, in practical ways, I just had to make really big choices. Um, I think anyone does on this path on this journey like really talk to myself like what is that i want to do what is it i want to how do i want to live what is in alignment for me where where do i compromise too much of myself um, but that's just more the practical things um for me it's it literally is the it is the self that's just uh, when i'm pure in alignment um things just come to me I, I'm not referring to a Jesus or to a higher um, spirit out there, although I completely agree with how you express it. I just, I just don't use these terms. For me, it's just literally opening, expand, expanding my awareness, and then um, it, it literally is expanded. So, um, so much more information comes in. I don't know where it comes from, honestly. Um, it's, it's like it's either collective wisdom tapping into it's my wisdom it's or it's my journey um i i'm not so much into going into past or regression kind of um ideas i never really work with that um apparently it didn't came it didn't came on my path so for me it's, it's just following what i'm doing on a daily basis is following my path of excitement so every day i make just small steps i have an intention of what i feel really passionate about 
and then I follow my path of excitement and then I, that means opening up my system and expanding it and allowing what comes through and then feel sense within myself if that excites me or not, if that creates curiosity, if that inspires me, if I want to do something with it. So often when I look at my life, it looks like not at all like a straight line. I'm, I'm often very confused, like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm following my path. But looking back at it, it all makes so much sense. I mean, everything fits. Uh, it's just not one straight line. It's more like, you know, you go up a mountain and you, you follow a, a winding road. Um, so I think that that's how I daily work with it. I like to have it very practical and um, very down to earth. Um, I think I'm also known as that. I'm very down to earth person and make it very simple. Yeah, you know, when, when I had my encounter with consciousness, and yes, for me, it was the essence of Jesus. And actually, more recently, I am feeling guided by the essence of Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. And, and it's just so beautiful because I'll be talking with a client or I'll be doing a class and I feel that energy and it's very clear. It lets me know it's Martin. Told me to call it Martin. So it's, it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't matter what we call it. Like you were saying, we're, we're tapping into something beyond the dam. We're tapping into something yeah. beyond our limited sense of self. And I have always, always, always since the very beginning, it's been made clear to me that when I align with that beyond my human mind, what, what Lina knows, it is designed to always support me in making my life more fun and easier. Yeah. It's as if it wants to show me the paths to take and they are winding because it is an adventure being on planet earth. But it has always let me know that if I'm feeling joy, excitement, fun, exhilaration, uh, just feeling that motivation to, to experience something that I'm following, the path that I was created to experience on this, you know, in, in this lifetime. So there is something that that is really clear among all of the teachers that I respect now. And like you, you know, with Bentino, um, I too have had teachers that they helped me to a certain point and then I felt like, all right, that that doesn't, I'm not, I'm not expanding from those teachings. And what I began to discover is that the teachers that I t st still today really enjoy, and I feel that stretch me, all are speaking about following bliss, following following excitement, following joy, following the the, the well that which is feels like when we were little kids, becoming like a little child to to enter into this beautiful kingdom, which is really to get out of our mental limitations. What, what is, um, I know you and I had a conversation about this before. When I began to do my journey, it went, looking back, now it's you know almost 20 years, there were three stages. The first stage, I was doing all my inner work, finding out my childhood trauma, getting to know who, who I thought I was, very much going to, to my, my past, my childhood, forgiveness with mom and dad, forgiveness of myself for the perceptions that I created. Then I began to experience a journey where I was getting to know um, God, I was getting 
come to know who the creator is, expanding beyond my awareness of what religion had taught me, opening up to that there is life beyond this world to open up that we're not alone, entering into the realm of like you were talking about quantum uh, physics, knowing that we're not alone in this universe and, and really opening up to the possible, not even to the possibility, to the, to that it must be so that there is life beyond this planet. And then I opened up to aligning with the vastness of this universe that we are not familiar with. And then the third stage, the one that I'm in now, and maybe there are more stages, but the one that I'm in now is about how to take all of this that I have learned and be on the planet at this time, be in the world, but not of it, to be in service to humanity, to be in a very deliberate uh, place of recognizing we are all powerful souls. We have all fallen under the illusion. So there is nobody here that needs Linus help to wake them up. There is is just me expressing myself as the loving, kind, gentle being that I discovered is my true nature. And you and I were talking about how we both feel that now that we're aware of what's going on in the world, we can clearly see the people who have not done their inner work or operating from that, that egoic, selfish, uh, pain, pain-filled place that inflicts pain on others. And then, of course, those who don't have a connection to something beyond themselves, and they, they don't realize that there is another way. So you and I are in the world attempting to, to express ourselves from this higher level of consciousness, realizing our connection, our oneness. But there are people who don't even know about their pain and don't even know that there is a source of something that they can align to that is greater than they are. How are you? Uh, how are you seeing what's happening in the world from your personal consciousness now? Oh wow, that's a big question. <laughs> that, it is. Uh, I know where to start uh, because it really. I mean, this this what's happening right now has has touched me more than anything else in the world, um, and or in my life, or. I mean, I've, I've been become conscious of dynamics in the world which feel really out of tune, which feel corrupt, which feel not human uh, since 2001. Um, so that journey started way before I was even consciously awakening myself. I've become awakened. Um, so I was already like, um, I would almost say appalled by like, how can we, how, how can we humans have become so inhuman? I mean, how is it that we are the only species that are able to kill each other? I mean, no lion kills another lion. I mean, there, there's literally no species I know of. Perhaps there are some, but at least we are with so many of us on this planet. And, and it seems kind of normal for people to just allow that to happen, not to do it themselves, but even if you give consent to the fact that's happening, you're already playing part of it. And it tells you something about yourself in a very subtle sense, it's not a direct reflection, but the fact that we have this deeply down into our DNA, this, this ability to do to harm each other, is it will really shock me. And now more than ever, it becomes so clear and undeniable. 
and it becomes so clear how all the dynamics work who are so corrupt and uh, at times really evil. And um, I must say, I, I cried for weeks in the beginning uh, of March and April when it just became so clear to me even more than, the, than it did before, in the years before. So, and, and at the same time, I was also, um, yeah, kind of re relieved even, like, okay, we all know that pain needs to happen, you know, no pain, no change. So apparently, if such a huge, large group amount of people are not ready to wake up to themselves just the way we did it, or many of us did it, then apparently there has to be a, a big shock. And so we got what we want, right? That's a little bit how it feels. And it's also a very natural cause of evolution. I strongly believe that. Um, it's a natural cause of evolution that our consciousness is rising on this planet and, and that humans are um, built to grow. I mean, that's, that's the, the moment we got born, we, we learn to grow ourselves. And first we do it physically, bless you. And later, um, we have to emotionally grow, grow up. Yeah. And that sometimes take a full lifetime for people to emotionally grow up. And that's where we get stuck. <laughs> and, and if we don't grow up emotionally, we keep on blaming each other and blaming the other. And we, we stay in the role of the victim. And, and that can go on forever. So I'm a bit lost with your question, with the core of your question, Gasset. Like it's a huge yeah. question. No, that was um, beautiful. That was beautiful because I, I totally agree with you. Humanity as a whole is being shocked into, into looking at what's going on and saying, this is not okay. Because as I became more aware of our connection to in the galaxy, our, our galaxy in the universe, it's as if I started my own awareness of myself, then that I was part of, of a community, I was part of a country, I was part of a planet, I was part of a solar system, a part of a galaxy, part of a universe. My consciousness expanded to accept that I am connected to all of it. Yeah. And in the awareness of my connection to all of it, like you, observing the suffering on this planet, it began to, to make sense to me that the only reason we suffer is because we don't know our connection to one another. We we don't know that we are all made of the same energy. It's the same one energy field. There's only one consciousness. There's no matter what you want to call it, the one energy expressing itself everywhere. We all breathe the same air. We're all circulating the exact same air on the entire planet. We are just moving it around. We all breathe the exact same air and we put out the, the you know we when the outbreath is the same thing so we are inter interconnected no matter what but what became clear is that just like me when i operated inside of a selfish little bubble that it was all about lina that began to make sense that the world of suffering is is the world like you were saying of victims and bullies that are playing out these karmic um experiences to wake up either individually or to need a mass awakening because humanity is growing up. We have to move past this emotional dysfunction. We are damned up emotionally when we only care about ourselves and we operate from a very childish behavior 
not our childlike sense of joy, but the childish, selfish, you know, it's it's all about me that seeks to manipulate the world. And, you know, in reality, as I've come to understand it, the victim bully game is what is coming to our awareness. We're seeing that we've all participated in that game. And it's what humanity has to acknowledge that's happening out there because it's a projection of what once happened inside of us. And we've got to take responsibility for helping to shift the collective. And as you and I were saying, we both are humble enough to know that we're still learning, we're still growing, you and I are still doing our own work, but we both are wise enough to understand that we have figured a way to move out of that victim bully game and to begin to stand as an example of a new way of playing the game, a kinder, gentler, more compassionate, forgiving way of playing the game. To me, that is where humanity is being invited to go to right now. We need a lot of us who've done this work to, to hold without judgment the victims and bullies that are now coming into our conscious awareness so that we can see that in our human form, when we are not connected to something greater, we devolve into something pretty treacherous. I mean, pretty. I used to not like the word evil, especially growing up Catholic. I, I just hated that word. But now I understand what evil is about. And the word evil, when you spell it, um, is the is backwards of to live. So E-V-I-L, <laughs> when we are evil, we are blocking the life force. We're not living. You know, we stop living from, from our hearts, stop living in the flow of life. We block the flow, we dam it up, and we turn evil. So it's, it's uh, as oh, within. Beautiful yeah. one, Lina. I love that one. Never looked at it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what are your thoughts on what we can do um, to, to, to bring about more consciousness to the planet? Well, it all starts with common sense. <laughs> really, it, I mean, it's just, it's, it's not even about awakening at first. It's just become yeah. real with yourself. Ask yourself the questions. I always ask clients and anyone who says like, what should I do? I said, look in the mirror and tell to yourself that what you're doing right now, if you're like, for instance, stuck in fear, uh, go have the conversation with yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself and, and see that the actions you're doing is not so much about how you talk about it, but what you're doing. Are you fully aligned with it? Is that okay for you? Do you, do you, are you proud of yourself that you are holding yourself into fear or blaming the other for not following rules or whatever it is we do these days, these weird things we're doing now to just keep pushing it outside of ourselves and just make other people responsibility responsible for our pain, which is ultimately what it is. Um, so the common sense is also in, in not just blindly following each other. And what I literally had to learn this past five, six months is just speak up. And it's, it's, it's scary because you're not liked for it. Uh, most of the people around me don't agree with me. 
um, so you constantly are asked to like oh, prove it prove it or whatever you have to explain yourself and and i would like to shift that around let's stop asking each other to prove it if you hear some a person say something just feel within and there's only one answer does it feel right or does it feel wrong does it feel like love or does it feel like fear and then what do you choose and it's 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 of course it's your right to choose fear but how does that feel does it make your life better is it the way you, you want to live is this the way you want to keep your family in in a state of fear all the time um so so it's common sense and then secondly it's taking ownership ownership of your role and that comes as precise as every little thought you have every little feeling that comes out of that thought and every action you take as a result of that feeling if we don't become become aware of these little steps during our daily life we have already harmed each other or ourselves before we even know it and i know that you can explain beautifully how the ego works um and and how that really keeps us so small and in our in our little yeah circles around our our mind and the narratives of our mind and and it takes courage to to open up and just do it with yourself first. I mean, it's a big step to go out there and say like, okay, I saw it wrong. <laughs> Perhaps there's a different perspective to this. I know it's a big step. Um, and I'm not always right either. I don't have an absolute truth, um, but it's, it's opening up to whatever information is out there because we are more in an information war that actually is a virus where you are um, in a war with. It's really about information and how we react to information. So I'm uh, deliberately listening to people who at first I don't agree with, to just sense myself and like, okay, refine actually my, what feels right to me again and again and again. It's, it's like refining instrument. But the common sense and ownership, all draw it back within, take it for yourself, just process it is yourself before you say anything to anyone else is where it comes down to and it's okay sometimes to just blur it out i do it as well when i'm so frustrated i just get uh, not so nuanced anymore so i just blur it out as well but that's okay yeah but what you're saying is is so it's my experience as well there has to come a place where where we have the courage to be willing to see things differently and that is one of the, the key, key things is curiosity. If there's not a willingness to consider another perspective and there's not the courage to get curious and, but that, that's what common sense is all about is the recognition that 8 billion people on the planet, we each have 8 billion perspectives. Yeah. And one of the scariest things that I discovered on this journey is that the perspective that I defended for most of my life was a perspective that had been taught to me by other people is what I call hand-me-down beliefs. They were not even my own beliefs. I didn't even know what I believed. I believe what mom told me, what dad told me. I believed my opinions that the church told me, that what the government taught me, what the media told me, what the movies programmed into my mind. And one of the first acts of courage was to be willing to say, well, maybe what I know is not right. Maybe what I know is not all that there is to know. And I operated for such a long time as a bully. 
defending my position because it's what I thought was right. And it took an incredible amount of courage to question my beliefs. And I realized just because I believe something doesn't make it true, doesn't make it accurate, doesn't make it right. And that was the beginning um, for me of breaking down my egoic sense of self. Because if I'm not right, who has the right information? What is the accurate information? And that sent me on this quest of curiosity to listen to. A quick little example of the importance of, of being courageous enough to, to question, you know, to ask the other person, well, how do you see it? Just last night, my, my youngest son came over and my beloved and I um, were hanging out with, with my son, Spencer, who's 23 years old. And Spencer has, in some ways, he sees, we see things the same in some areas and we see it differently in others. But the things that we see different, we have come to the place of a willingness to hear each other out. And he had a very strong opinion about Black Lives Matter. And he was asking us a question. Why do you believe what you believe? And as can as as we started having this conversation and talking about what what we believe, what became very clear is that my beloved and I, some of the information that we have is what we have received from the media. We really have not had conversations with people who are in that movement, like organizers or people who attend that movement. But my son does. He is very much into that that movement. So he began to share his perspective. Well, what he believes is not what we have heard through the channels that we receive information about Black Lives Matter. And just by being open, instead of defending our position with the other, instead of needing to be right and making the other wrong, we had a beautiful opportunity to expand our awareness because he expanded our awareness by sharing his perspective and he began to be more compassionate instead of attacking us for our what we know he was more compassionate because he realized that our opinions are not even our own they're programmed by the media that we happen to listen to so that just created an expansion of ideas, an opportunity for, for a gentle, all of us teaching and learning from one another. And I believe that what is surfacing right now is giving us an opportunity to really question the narrative, to question what we believe. Where did this come from? Because if we understand the ego, the ego always has an agenda period. The ego's agenda is, is suffering, is to move us into separation, into disconnection, to pick sides, to move into victims and bullies. We have to have bullies in order to have victims. If that disappears, there is no ego. There's only connection. There's only kindness. There's only cooperation. So humanity is in the middle of a beautiful opportunity to really question where are these things coming from that we are defending that perpetuates the separation because as you and I have discovered, the separation is a distraction from what's really going on below the surface. 
what you have experienced what's going on below the surface, what's been going on for thousands of years, what from your, your place of study, what do you believe is going to take for people to see what's below the, the surface, move out of the pettiness of, of separation and have the courage to really see what's been going on that keeps us in that state of separation? Um, let me approach it from a practical way again. Um, I think I, I love what you were sharing about you and your son in the, in the discussion because it, it relates to that. As, as long as we keep thinking in win and lose, so as long as every, every discussion we have or every battle we fight or every conflict there is, if you always have this idea like I need to win, or I cannot lose, or it's better if I win and I'm okay if they lose, or I don't really care whether they lose or not. I don't even care. They can win as well, but I'd, it's more important that I win. Then we always hold on to this dynamic. And that yeah. dynamic is super tiring because you know, we all know that you can't always win. So there will be many times that you will have to lose and you don't like that. No one likes to lose. And if you shift that perspective into any conversation, like, can we shift it to a win-win? Like, like you were shared just before, like there, I, I like to win something here, like a different perspective, or I would like to share my story. That's a win for me. And I'd like you to listen to my story. That's also a win for me. And I do it vice versa. And if you look at the, um, yeah, the corruption of, of what's happening in every system I can even think of, whether it's about climate, I'm just shifting to a broader perspective now because we can approach any subject here on many different levels. But if we look at the planet right now and there's all our current systems, whether it's education, climate, uh, climate and energy, whether it's our tax system, whether it's a law system, whether it's a governmental system, whether it is our health system, in any system at the base ground, there is this huge competitive dynamic of win and lose uh, at play. And actually there's only a small party who constantly wins. Some think they win, but they still are losing. I mean, we're actually 90% on this planet is constant, consistently losing. And the fact that we don't um, accept this anymore is part of our evolution. That we don't want to be in this state of losing all the time and, and being slave to the system, because that's what we actually are. If you look at it at a, at a closer view, I mean, we can make it very beautiful and I can put a lot of beautiful words to our current planet, but not if I look, this, look at the systems. And, and we are both, I think, born at least living quite luxuriously, but there's so many people um, nothing have, not having that opportunity or we're not born lucky. And mm -hmm. as long as we accept that, there's a win-lose dynamic, which is completely out of balance and way too much out of balance. And I'm not even talking about horrendous things that, that are happening, not even in plain sight, but in closed networks or in hidden networks, which is even worse. Um, I don't know if that part of this conversation, but um, uh, when, when I share to other people about the things that are happening in the world and it's too grand for them to, to, to catch or to capture, then they always say like, well, what can you do about it? You cannot change yeah. that. 
you cannot solve poverty. So why do you, why do you care about this? And I say like, well, if we all do that, nothing will change. So I, I strongly believe in the ripple effect. If I share my view and I plant seeds or I make little awakenings, whatever we call it, or awarenesses, and people just shift a little bit, then they can plant their seeds and they can plant their seeds. And that's how I think part of the system will change. And then, uh, and you know that that's my favorite topic, then the young ones of today, between 20 and 30, are the ones who will expand very fast and grow exponentially and will awaken way quicker than the journey that we both have been doing. And they and they will take over and they will design new new ways and new systems. And of course that will take that will take decades. It doesn't happen overnight, but the start is is gonna happen sooner or later. And and it's it has to happen now. Because yeah. if I if I'm replacing myself in the situation of my children who are just entering the twenties and they're just struggling with the fact like well, what does the future actually like look like? Is there any future? What's my role here? It's it's too grand, and it's there's so much happening, and it's so chaotic, and it's so disturbing, and it doesn't feel very nice either. And everybody's fighting with each other. Is this my future? And it's a, it's a tough time for them. But as soon as they see their role and can shift that, mm -hmm. then then we will shift way 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 faster through this. Because we cannot change what's, what, what has been gone wrong for thousands of years. We cannot change that. We can only remove it and create something new. Yes. And, you know, you're in Holland and I'm in the U.S. And we both are seeing the same insanity, the same corruption, the same, um, the same thing happening on your side, on my side of the planet. And, and, I'm watching it happening in Germany, in Australia, in South America. It's all over the place. In South Africa, where my sweetheart's from, the, the, what is happening, the way that I see it, is humanity has operated from this separate sense of self that, that leads us to exactly what you said, winners and losers. And the winners get pretty greedy. And when when few and fewer and fewer and fewer are winning, exactly what you said, it creates an imbalance that affects the collective. And we're so off balance now that the the universe that operates in balance is literally forcing us, energetically forcing us to see what's happening because we cannot move into maturity of emotional maturity, stabilized maturity emotions, if we don't see our part in all of this. And that is what most people don't want to see because if we see our part in all of this, we will see that we have really been tricked. I mean, we have been programmed. Our mind has been conditioned to believe that we're less powerful than, than we really are. And it takes a lot of courage to get into the flow of what excites us, what inspires us. And frankly, I have yet to meet one person who feels excitement, true, authentic joy and excitement from hurting anybody else. What I have discovered is that when we tap into that joyful analysis, that that happens. And those who are having a really hard time with 
you know, like, like your friend saying, well, what can you do? Those who are having a hard time opening up to the fact that, yes, we can do something is simply because they really are still afraid of the system. They're still afraid of, of what could happen to their lives. They don't want to have their lives disturbed. But the thing is that we're trying to defend something that is it's just it's broken, broken down. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for all of us. And until it works for all of us, it really doesn't work for any of us because it sucks energy out of the, the collective. It sucks our joy. You you've have started really wanting to work with young people. What, what is it about young people that for you excites you in terms of the potential um, for our future? Well, it's two things. Um, it's, it's, well, one, my excitement and curiosity about new systems that's going to emerge out of this. Yeah. And, and we need people to create that and to invent that and be so full of, um, I would almost say like, you know, this child is like, everything is possible, you know, yeah. because when you, when you grow older, you kind of like lose that a little bit. But when you're young and you have your life ahead of you, like anything is possible and you can make it grand or you can also make it small. It doesn't really matter as long as it excites you. And I, I, I definitely wish for young ones not to enter the system uh, the way we did, with, because the systems are still in place and the corporation are still working in strong hierarchical structures with a lot of power and control mechanisms. And you lose what you were just saying, you lose your passion and your gifts. We have not even learned to connect to it because our educational system doesn't even support that. So you lose it along the way, you lose it rather quickly as soon as you're sucked up by the current systems. So I'm, I'm truly passionate to actually prevent them from going really into these systems. And they can go in there with a very, uh, with a consciousness to, to shift something. We don't have to all be new creators. You can also shift from within and, and make the systems more healthy at least. Um, and, but if, if you start at a young age, and especially now in these times when we are so shaken and so chaotic, it's a huge opportunity for people to, to shift more quickly because if you take another 20 years and you are sucked into your belief systems, as you explained so beautifully, that limit yourself, it's, it's just a lot of work to get out of it. Yeah. Um, so it, it inspires me. Um, I notice when I work with young ones, it just like, it takes a couple of weeks and they're, they're on the roll and it, it, some guidance along the way in the next six or 12 months, but very at a distance is enough. Whereas yeah. when I was working with more like 50, 40 plus people, it could take months and months and actually nothing really shifted. Yeah. So it's, it's a different way of working. It's a very different way of working. Yeah, that is, that is yes, I so agree with you. The, the older, the longer we've been here, the more entrenched we are, the more solid our opinions become, the more the more grounded we are in my way versus you know you know my way or the highway. But the younger generation, to me, it's a gift from the creative source. It's a gift from the intelligence that is saying it's time for you old people to turn into dinosaurs and become extinct. So we're sending you the new generation that is going to create brand new brand new things that have never been before, as you said, because it's time for a total complete shift. The old ways are not sustainable. 
They are selfish. They are based on greed, based on fear, based on domination. And frankly, when those things are operating, they are based on, on maintaining separation. And this awareness that we belong to each other and by doing, like you said, do something about it, walk the talk so that we are actually in action is what's going to assist us moving forward. Uh, frankly, the days of the spiritual talk, which I've been in that space of spiritual talk without action, it's becoming really clear the the spiritual leaders that are that are showing that really that they're afraid of the system. They're following the systems. They're they're following the rules, and that is going to it, it's going to collapse um, it, on its own because I'm seeing a lot of new leaders that are emerging with a sense of of invincibleness and courage that is saying I'm not going to follow the system because that's exactly what needs to break down, which is what other leaders have done, whether it was Jesus or Gandhi or, or Buddha, Martin Luther King Jr., that have shown us Mandela. If we stand up to the system, we have an opportunity, but do it with, with uh, peace. We have an opportunity to be an example of what's possible. And the young generation, so many of them, my goodness, I cannot wait, cannot wait to see more of them taking over businesses and corporations and, and creating products that, that really systems that move us out of what our generation and older really created as the most dysfunctional that we could possibly be. And I am looking forward to the new that is coming because it's the new that is going to set us, um, it's going to set the planet free because that consciousness of oneness is so much stronger in the younger generation. They look at us and go, you people have really messed things up. And we did. And we did. <laughs> we did. We have. We have. So how can people uh, find you? Would that be for them to go to your website? Yeah, that's probably the easiest way. And your or Instagram or Facebook, but it's all the same name, MichelleCops.com. Oh, thank you. That looks pretty. Yes, yes, it does look pretty. So we got it up there for everybody to see. And the for people that's who are listening to this as a podcast. Dark, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't oh, that's okay. I think that's right. The big time difference. So for people who are, who are listening to this as a as a um, podcast, let me spell. Lucienne's her website. It's L U C I E N N E K O O P S dot com. And why don't you go ahead and share uh, a nugget of wisdom that you want to leave as as your your final words today? I'm sure we'll we'll chat again, but for today, with the uh, nugget. I think approach life like a computer game. I think especially this message is for the young ones because they're so related to it. And the computer game is like you have three positions. You're either the programmer who designs the game, you're the gamer who plays the game, or you're the character who is the, in the game, who's part of the game. And as long as we stay the character, that's actually what we talked about, and believe in our belief system and keep ourselves small, we're not aware of the fact that we can also be the gamer. And what would you do if you are the gamer? If you're more in control of your life, and you're more like at the steering wheel and following your excitement and your inspiration, 
that's already a huge shift. And then you can look at systems and, and ask questions and become curious of what we talked about. But what if you become the programmer? And actually, we all are consistently programmers in our life because we manifest every nanosecond of our life. We're not aware of it, um, but we do it unconsciously anyway. So what if you are can become consciously the programmer? How does your life look like in every single second? And how does it look next year? And how would you like to have it in 10 years' time? And how does it look for the planet? Because it's so much more fun to play the game with many, many people and as many as you can reach. So perhaps people can try to use this analogy in their lives because we you always shift. I mean, I, I'm often the character at times and I'm often the, game, the gamer and there are a few times where I really feel like, oh, I'm manifesting now, I'm really in control of my life. And that's the easier way to shift through all the spiritual uh, awakening talk and just shift it and look at it from a different perspective. Oh, I love that. What a great, what a great analogy to, to help us realize that we, we are way more powerful than what we've been conditioned to believe that we are. And in Absolutely. this world of infinite possibilities, yes, we can be all of it, the, the character, the gamer, and the programmer. So thank you so much for that beautiful, simple analogy. Lucien, what a pleasure having you here. Thank you, and thank you to those who were thank watching. You. Yeah, it's thank you for your beautiful, inspiring questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, good night to you in Holland, and uh, I will see you soon. Love you, dear okay. sister. It's a pleasure. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you.